You're listening to Kiss My Aesthetic, your go-to podcast for bragworthy branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. Let's dive into the episode. Greetings, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you guys today about a topic that has been hotly debated. And this is a subject matter that I think a lot of our clients get stuck with, and also that kind of has pros and cons to both sides. That subject specifically is whether or not you should keep your brand launch a secret up until the moment you're ready to share everything, or if you should bring people along on the behind the scenes throughout the process. So as a designer and marketer, I've got kind of two conflicting thoughts about this. And the goal of today's episode is really to kind of break down the pros and cons of each and then how we can leverage that based on what it is that you're trying to do. So without further ado, to tease or not to tease, here's brand launch strategies to consider, weigh out, and then at the end, I might give a little bit of like a hybrid suggestion. Okay, kind of understanding the brand launches in the digital era. What happens typically is someone will come to us as a client and we will work on their branding, they'll get all their brand assets, and then they freeze. And they don't know what to do. They've got new logos, new fonts, new designs, new stock images or AI images to work with. And then they don't really know how to make that first post or how to make that first connection to their audience, that grand unveiling of their brand, right? So that's what I want to kind of do today is kind of talk through the pros and cons of that. But I noticed that this is a consistent problem. So the point of recording this episode is also to be able to send this to people that need the reminder or they need to like weigh out that decision. So if you are one of those people, you're definitely in the right place. Because of social media, there is a huge cultural kind of emphasis to having like a grand reveal moment. I think the first example that comes to mind immediately is the Jenners, right? The Jenner Kardashians. Kylie Jenner specifically today by the day I'm recording is the day that Kai, her new clothing brand is live. And they do a really masterful job at kind of teasing you about what the thing could be so that when they launch, they're getting the most social media leverage as possible. Now, Not all of us, I'd move to say almost none of us have that amount of social media influence, right? They're talking to the tunes of millions of people, plus every major news publication with their eyeballs on them. So the difference being you may or may not have an audience. If you're working with us with branding for the first time, you may be starting from totally a blank slate. If you have an established brand and you've gone through a rebrand, you've got a little bit more of an intricate situation on your hands. That being you have an existing audience that used to your old look. They're used to your old logo, your old color palette, maybe your old social templates, your old style of doing things. And now all of a sudden things are going to change. I think the biggest missed opportunity I see with our clients when they get their new branding is they don't take the time to educate their audience on why they decided to rebrand. So when you do have that build up moment and it's your time to post, it's deciding like, how are you going to explain Number one, how you thought to rebrand. Number two, what you decided to do differently. And number three, how that's going to better serve at the end of the day, your client or customer. So that's what we're leading up to is like what that moment looks like. Now, because of the nature of social media, there's kind of a way to build up that hype like the Kardashian-Jenners and kind of string people along on that journey, kind of long it out so that it's not just one post that gets buried in the feed and never talked about again. So. 
having that element of surprise and really impacting your audience on that engagement is going to be really important. So as you're leading up to your brand launch and you're working with us, let's use a client example. So someone comes to us and they say, hi, Michelle, we need a total rebrand. We have this branding that we like. It's not working for us anymore. We need to rework it. And what you're doing with us is we're always, always, always starting in that strategy section. So we're going to start to really consider what it is that you're doing, where you're trying to reach your audience and how you're going to reach them. We also love to look at what's not currently working. So we need to really break down what if your branding isn't rising to the occasion, isn't connecting so that we can fix those problems, of course. So the first thing that I would really like recommend is that when you're considering whether you're going to share this with your audience or not, is your audience invested in the way that you present yourself as a brand? So this is really going to change from client to client. And it depends on obviously your niche and what you're doing and everything like that. But we want to think about like, would it be a benefit to you to share behind the scenes? Or is it a benefit to wait and then launch? So to weigh pros and cons, pros of waiting and then having a little bit of a teaser and a launch, like massive potential social media impact. The con of doing that is that I notice a lot of our clients forget a lot of the things that we discuss, where they forget to give the whole story. They just say, ta-da, here it is. And then it kind of dies after that versus doing something that's more of a bring them along the journey behind the scenes kind of process. Yes, there's an opportunity to really connect with people. But what I notice is clients get, they start to second guess themselves or they feel too vulnerable, right? They don't want somebody seeing behind the curtain. They don't want anyone seeing the secret sauce. So there's a tendency to want to withhold making those big changes. So there's a tendency to want to like not share the core values or not share your mission statement, not share your vision statement. And I think that that does people kind of a disservice, right? So again, wait to launch or bring people along behind the scenes. Let's talk about how you would do that. Let's switch gears to like, behind the scenes, right? So if you really want to bring your audience along with you, I think there's totally a case to be made for showing them the progress that's happening every single week. And the reason I feel so confident in even sharing all of this is because I know that our team has deliverables every single week. So every single week of your project, you're going to be getting new material from us and new material to get insights from your audience. If I were starting a brand tomorrow and I just hired our team, I would absolutely document every call, every conversation, every interaction, every opportunity that you can, that you're learning more about your business, because the more you learn about your own business is the more that also your audience gets to learn about your business. So as you're working through your mission statement or your brand adjectives, how cool would it be to see a client then go to their social media, to their stories and say, okay, I'm working this out. We're working through this rebrand with this agency. This is what we're weighing between. Do you guys resonate with this messaging or this messaging? Would you consider yourself this type of person or that type of person? And I think that that kind of relationship building with your audience would be so insightful in the actual brand exercise that it would actually maybe even inform the way that we design. So that's the first way. It's like that first week when we're really defining your brand questionnaire, we're digging deep into who you are as a company and how you'd like to present yourself as a brand. Get those audience insights really early on. And what better to do that from the people that actually buy your product or use your services? A lot of times clients will go ask like their brother or their spouse or their cousin for input on the branding. And what's unfortunate about that is although those are the people that know you best, they often don't have all the context of all the conversations. So 
Alternatively, if you had taken that to your social media audience this whole time, and on week one, you were sending them polls, and on week two, you were giving them previews, and on week three, you were kind of weighing out what packaging or merch items you should do, you'd get those audience insights immediately. And then that could actually inform the way that we design the brand. So bringing along that on that behind the scenes journey, it may detract from the traffic on the actual launch, but alternatively, it could do the opposite, right? When people are invested in every part of the process, they are invested in the result. And I think my business is the perfect case study of that. I live stream on TikTok multiple times a week, sometimes multiple times a day to show my behind the scenes process. It's in my contract, so don't worry. But because by the time I actually make the post about that thing, the number of comments that I get that said, wow, I tuned into this TikTok when you were just first working on the logo and it's come so far, super outnumber the comments that say, this looks great. Because of course it looks great. It's the final product. I think people are way more interested in seeing how the sausage gets made and seeing how all those steps lead to that final consideration. Alternatively, if you wait for the launch, there's something to be gained there as well. So if you decide that you want to just harvest all this content and keep it and keep it and keep it and then have like a bam, big reveal, that is also an option. The brands that do this really well are Hotel Lobby Candle, which is one of our clients. And we don't bring the consumer along on the journey leading up to the launch. Like we're not having them weigh in on packaging. We're not having them weigh in on the scent profile necessarily. They are indirectly, but not super directly. It's more sent out survey style. But I've always been pushing for Hotel Abbey Candles to try it this way, just to see what we would gain, right? To be able to bring people along on like, this is the first iteration, second iteration, third iteration of the packaging. Here is what is in the first scent profile. Do you prefer this image or that image? Do you like these types of videos or those types of videos? And really letting your audience actually dictate the outcome of a thing is kind of like one of those choose your own adventure novels, you know, where you like get to the bottom. It's like, if this turned to page 54, if this turned to page 76, I think there's opportunities to do that within branding that brands are overlooking personally. There are potential downsides with keeping brands a secret, which is missing out on that pre-launch engagement with your audience, right? So you're missing out on that opportunity to get the insights, maybe change course, reconsider, play up, play down. Like there's all that data that you'd get from your audience, which, you know, could, again, better your business or better the product and the outcome at the end. Also potential leaks for misinformation. There could be a downside associated with sharing too much where it kind of ruins the surprise, right? Like you never want to find out about a surprise party before it actually happens because you read someone's text on accident. That ruins the surprise. So potential leaks for misinformation. Also, there's something to be said about not letting your competitors see your moves and not letting them see too much. But I think for a lot of people now, there's so much more to be gained in oversharing than there is to be lost in a competitor potentially copying what you're doing. And that's just like my own ethos about it. Other factors to consider is how your brand's industry and target audience would weigh in on whether you should full-on launch the rebrand or string people along on behind the scenes. I think if you are a service-based business specifically, or you have a lot of like community group style content, then definitely pull your audience along. Like I think influencers, podcasters, service-based business owners definitely skew more towards, oh, I want to get my audience involved in my rebrand versus product-based businesses, direct-to-consumer, consumer consumer packaged goods. 
it's fun to throw in a poll every once in a while, but I think that on those instances, it does do better with like the hype led up to a reveal. Those are two like very blanket statements. So take that as they may. You also want to consider like, what's the nature of the service or the product that's being launched? Like I said, is it a product? Is it a service? Is it, what does the actual business look like? And what's the competitive landscape and the potential for someone to come in and rip you off or to steal your thunder? Those are things we definitely would want to consider. I think again, with like a service-based company, that's a legacy brand, bringing people behind the scenes makes a ton of sense. So two examples from our portfolio that fit that one would be Polar Bear Eats, which is a diner that existed already and was being brought back. So there was already an audience. There was already a history and a nostalgia there. So we wanted to make sure that we brought them along on that process to let them weigh in. What do you want packaging to look like? What do you want merch to look like, et cetera? Same with San Diego Open. These are people that have been to the event before. They're probably going to come again. No one else is hosting a tennis tournament called San Diego Open. So we were in good shape with that. So being able to show them like, hey, here's what we're thinking for merch. Here's the kind of sponsors we want to work with. What kind of entertainment or food or events or parking or changes do you want to see? Bringing the people along for that made a lot of sense on social media. The last one that kind of is bringing people along, which is a project that our team is just dipping our toes into, is with Falkroof and Gallagher Real Estate Team. They're undergoing a rebrand. And I would even say that they're taking a bit of like a hybrid approach. I kind of want to save that for the end of the episode, because that to me really represents like combination of letting your new branding seep into your community and then having an actual reveal afterwards. So we'll talk about that at the end. I want to kind of put a pin in that one. The other thing to think about is how you can bring in like expert opinions or brand strategist marketing experts like ourselves, right? To share insights and discuss experiences when we're weighing in on which is the better opportunity. So great example, FitBoss Blueprint. FitBoss Blueprint has existed under approved by Brooks brand for the longest time, but it was his signature program. And when we were talking about the next evolution of his life as a business owner and how he sees this evolving, we tried to get a brand going for FitBoss that felt separate from Ruben as an individual. So to then separate out those two accounts, we definitely needed like a reveal. So we were creating hype. We were getting people to then hop over to the new brand, new account, new content that complemented what was happening existing with Ruben approved by Brooks, but then was mirrored in the effort of FitBoss Blueprint. It was its own entity. So it very much deserved its own moment, but we didn't get there right away. Like this is something that we had to really chew through and you kind of reverse engineer from your goals. So for example, if I decided to start a product-based business tomorrow, would I go about sharing the whole behind the scenes or would I launch and then hope to capitalize on as much as the launch traffic as possible? Goes either way, right? Knowing how much I'm into like the mission, the vision, the packaging, and I have such a close relationship with my audience, I'd probably lean more towards the bring them along on the roller coaster more than other people. But there's also something to be said for like creating that anticipation, creating a little bit of mystery around, you know, maybe you just have that grid of nine posts where it's like something's coming. Hotel Lobby Candle does this well in the tease in that they spend up until a candle launch, we spend like five or six posts back giving hints or context clues into like how or whatever that next candle is going to be, how it's going to launch. So there's teaser stories, there's teaser reels, there's teaser posts, and all of those play into people guessing what the heck the launch is going to be. And that makes it so that when it reveals, people can be like, 
oh my gosh, I was right. Or, oh, I love this idea. I didn't even think of this. It's creating that conversation with the audience. Audience participation obviously is most important. I think you can even ask, do you prefer to be teased with behind the scenes content or do you love a complete surprise? This is where really like the insights into your audience make a lot of sense. So if you're the person that kind of is considering that hybrid approach, I want to circle back to that Falk, Reuven, Gallagher example. So we're working with the Falk, Reuven, Gallagher real estate team based in Milwaukee. As we started chatting with them, we realized that their unique selling proposition was really that they were the expert in their area. There were a lot of other real estate firms that were coming in that were more corporate or more omnipresent in like American real estate market. But what this team had to their advantage is that they had an extreme focused knowledge specifically of the Milwaukee area. So learning that as their designer marketing strategist was like, oh, we need to play that up. Like we need to really bolster that so that that becomes your differentiating factor. So what we did is instead of coming up with an icon set that you know, realtors typically use like an icon for bedroom, icon for bathroom, icon for just listed, just sold, you know, hot market, whatever. Instead, we created badge designs for each of the different neighborhoods that they specialize in. So if you go to my Instagram, I posted them there. I've also posted them on TikTok. And the badges are one for like Whitefish Bay and another one for downtown and another one for Third Ward. And the design elements of the badges are kind of playing up the styles of that area. So doing that, we were chatting about, okay, should Falk, Reuven, Gallagher do a giant brand reveal or should they like let people on this behind the scenes? We've already done the branding and the branding will be rolling out. They really have a tendency to want to like create an event, like eventize the reveal of the brand. So that is definitely on the calendar, but there's these little events that are popping up and little opportunities like end of year client gifting or ordering new print materials where there's an opportunity to do the new branding. And I'm definitely encouraging that they do that, right? Like, let's not continue to print your old stuff if you're not going to use it in two months time. Let's go ahead and start in on introducing the new branding. If your audience notices, they notice and like kudos to them. But let's find strategic ways to bridge the gap between the old branding and the new branding. So the way that we're doing that is they're having an event in one of these neighborhoods. And my recommendation as of today was to actually create the assets for them that they could use on merch that would then match the new branding. So instead of just launching new branding, like launching all new like bags and hats and notebooks and folders and everything with the new logos, like let's just go more sly about it, but then let's make the merch pieces actually supplement or mirror the area, which would then create a culture of like, oh, wow, like they're really stepping it up with their merch. Like this looks really great. Like this is the Whitefish Bay hat or this is the downtown branded mug or whatever. And then when you have the new branding rollout, it's complementing what's already happening over there. So that was my recommendation. That's kind of like the hybrid approach of like, okay, we haven't unveiled the new branding yet, but we're going to start using our elements and start playing with the elements, the fonts, the colors, the styles, the badges. And then that will seamlessly roll into what this new look is. And if that's not a testament to having great branding and so much more than just a logo, but having patterns and icons and fonts and styles and all the things that make a brand function. I don't know what is. So that's kind of pros cons list. That's opportunities. Should you wait and then lead up to an actual brand launch or should you string your audience along knowing that your traffic spike may not be as high, but that growth over time is going to be nice and consistent, right? People get invested in seeing a process and then celebrate the end result. It really 
depends. And I know that that's such a shitty way to like end the episode. It's like, well, I don't have an answer. But at the very least, we weighed out pros and cons. And we said, if you're this kind of company, go this direction. If you're this kind of company, go that direction. But both of those could absolutely be flip-flopped and made opposite, right? So you could find ways to like really make it work. I think it depends on your relationship with your audience, your confidence in your own brand, and ultimately like what you're looking for as a result. Do you want that sustained and continued growth? Or are you looking for a huge social media spike knowing that people will be really excited and then they might drop off? Just depends on your goals. I think that this, if anything, podcast could just get your brain, your wheels turning. And hopefully some of the examples that I mentioned help you realize that, right? So Falkroven Gallagher, San Diego Open, Polar Bear Eats, Fit Boss Blueprint, all of those projects are really good case studies for different approaches and even hybrid approaches for whether you should keep your brand a quote secret until you're ready to launch or give people behind the scenes. Amazing. Thanks so much as always guys for tuning in. Don't forget to rate us, leave a review. If you have a question, we do have a Facebook group and you can totally submit your questions to the Facebook group. You can write to us at podcast at mkwcreative.co or you can actually send us a voicemail. If you're in the Facebook group, you can go ahead and go up to the top, the pinned posts. There's a link to SpeakPipe account. That's really fun because you can actually leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the podcast and then I will answer it for you. So that's it. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening. If you got any value from this episode, please share it on your stories. Tag us. We'd love to see it. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to follow along and leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll see you in the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group for years and years of behind the scenes content and over 5,000 connections with fellow creatives. For show notes from today's episode, please visit mkwcreative.co slash podcast. This episode was edited by Berta Wired and theme music comes from Eliza Vera and Nathan Menard. Catch you next time.